Good morning, folks. I hope you are all doing well this morning. Now, I've been a Christian for many, many years, and I've also been in lots and lots of different churches. And every now and then I find myself in a situation where I'm challenged by God in how I respond to someone in the church who has wronged me, said something against me, or done something that uh, has challenged the way that I love others. And usually in these situations, I'm given a choice by God of how I respond to that person. And usually God has an opportunity there for me to be able to step up into a way that I can love others. It's often a lot easier to love others that are, agree with you, that are your friends, that uh, don't really challenge you in any way. But often we grow in a powerful way when we're confronted or challenged by someone who does something against us. And I wanted to share a really important message today from a very small book, but a book that has a very powerful message. It's the book of Philemon. And as I was going through and doing uh, some research into this recently, I realized that this very small book has a very powerful and very relevant message for today as it was all the way back thousands of years ago. So just to set the context of where this book is set at, uh, there are three main people involved with this book. The letter is written by Paul and Paul is in jail at this point. We're unsure of whether it's in jail in Ephesus or in Rome. The letter is written to a person called Philemon. Now Philemon was a person who was rather wealthy, uh, a well-to-do citizen in the town of Colossae, who was someone who was a church leader, uh, had a house church, so was a Christian leader at the time. And the other thing also that uh, was a situation was that Philemon owned slaves. Now, when I was doing some looking into it, slaves were very common back then. That's one resource I said I saw that had 60 million slaves in the Greek-Roman world, which is quite a lot considering the Greek-Roman world was quite small. Now, the third person that is involved with this is a person by the name of Onesimus. Now, uh, Onesimus was a former slave to Philemon. And before this whole letter comes in, um, Onesimus had escaped the custody of Philemon. And we're unsure of whether or not he also stole some money or some things from Philemon as well. But Onesimus had escaped and somehow, we're unsure, met up with Paul. And through various encounters, um, Onesimus actually became a Christian under the influence of Paul. And over time, Paul starts to disciple Onesimus, and Onesimus changes. Now, there's a number of times where we look at what Onesimus is like, and there's one situation in Colossians 4 verse 9. And in this particular situation, I'll read it. It says, Paul says, he's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. Now, 
if Paul is going to be able to trust Onesimus to be able to carry and be part of his team, ministry team that visits various churches, Paul must hold this person in high regard. Now, when we look at this particular uh, letter, it's a powerful message of how you respond. And one of the things that I want to look at is this idea of Paul starts off this letter talking about the testimony of what he's heard of Philemon. Now, when I looked into it, the word Philemon means affectionate. And actually, the Greek word comes from the word to kiss. And Paul starts off this letter about Philemon talking about the testimony of what he's heard of the love that Philemon has for others. And you can read it in the first couple of verses of that where he talks about the power of Philemon's ability. It says, I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all these holy people and your faith in Jesus Christ. Philemon has a testimony where he not only love, loves others, but it goes on and talks about he refreshes those that he comes in contact with. Here is a person, a church leader, who is known for his love for God, who is known for the ability to be able to refresh others just by being in those presence. Wouldn't it be great to have a testimony like that where every person you meet, you encourage them, you refresh their hearts, that they are refreshed in the Spirit of God just by being in your presence. That would be an amazing testimony to have. And then we have this story that continues on where what happens is a, a very interesting story, a very interesting story, a very interesting point. As we go on and we look at this letter, Paul is making an appeal to Philemon. He is sending Onesimus, a former slave, to Philemon back with this letter. Now, it's a, a rather interesting idea that Paul would send a former slave back to his master. In fact, when I was looking into it, I found that one person made a comment. If you look at Deuteronomy 23, verses 15 to 16, in the Mosaic law, it says clearly, if a slave has taken refuge with you, do not hand them over to their master. Let them live among you wherever they like and in whatever town they choose. Do not oppress them. So, Paul is sending Onesimus back to his master. So Paul is actually breaking the Mosaic law. But as we look a little bit closer, there's a message that Paul's trying to get here. Paul is making an appeal to Philemon to realize that this former slave of his is now part of the family of Christ. Onesimus has become transformed by the power of of Jesus's death on the cross. And that's testified by the fact that Paul trusts Onesimus as part of his traveling ministry. Paul trusts this. And further on, it says, Paul actually says that this message, this message talks about the fact that Paul is now trusting Onesimus as a son. 
And we know that Paul had a number of um, other uh, people that he considered sons, people that were very close to him. But Paul looks at Onesimus as someone who is partnering with him. He trusts him. And I think it's a very bold move that Paul plays in sending back this former slave to Philemon. But Paul makes an appeal, an appeal based in love to Philemon. He actually appeals to him to accept him, not as a slave, but now as a brother in Christ. I'm going to read a couple of things. It says in verse uh, 8, Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. Now, what Paul's saying here is that he has the authority as an apostle to command Philemon to accept him. But the idea is that Paul doesn't want to command. He wants to appeal to allow Philemon to step up into a place of love. This is an opportunity that Paul is giving Philemon to step up into a new realm of love. That's a, it would be a, quite a hard thing for Philemon, a former slave, maybe stole something from him, did something wrong against him, who's escaped by all accounts, by the normal traditional cultural laws, Philemon had well within his right to either deal harshly with Onesimus or even kill him. But Paul's making a loving appeal here. He's not commanding him. He's making a loving appeal to step up into a new realm of love. And in that place of love, Philemon has a choice. How is he going to respond to Onesimus, who's no longer a slave, but an equal in the family of Christ? Onesimus is a brother on the same level with Philemon. Before God, we are equals. There's neither one race or one gender or one person higher than the other. We are all equals. We all need the forgiveness of God. We all need saving. And Paul, I love it here, where Paul makes this appeal to Philemon. And Philemon has to make this choice. It goes on, it says in verse um, 16, No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the law. Paul is appealing to Philemon to overcome the norms of that society, the cultural, the cultural norms of where you would hold grudges to now accept this transformed person who has the testimony of what Jesus Christ can do in someone's life. Paul is appealing to Philemon to step up into a new level of loving others. It's often easy to love people who we get on with. It's a real challenge for us all to love someone who's done something wrong to us. And in this sense and in this chapter, Paul is saying that Jesus has transformed him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 21 talks about, uh, Paul talks about in Christ, a new creation. We are new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We have been reconciled to God and we have been transformed. Paul is saying here to Philemon, this, my brother, 
He has been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Can you step into a place against all cultural norms, against all sense of um, demanding justice for being wronged? Can you step into a place of love for this person that's wronged you? And Paul goes on towards the end of Philemon where he makes this amazing say. He says, if he's done anything wrong, count it against me. Count it against me. If he's stolen anything, count it against me. I want to leave you with this idea of how we respond to people who've done wrong. How do we respond? Do we respond in demanding justice? I want to have justice. As I said, I've been in many situations where I've been challenged by God. How do I respond to someone? And as I was going through this particular sermon, I was really challenged by how I respond to those people who have said things towards me, who have done something against me. How do I respond? How do I look at someone? Do I look at them as someone who I demand justice? Or do I look at them using the ideas of 1 Corinthians 13, the power of love, the love that God, God showed me? Someone who is, I suppose, when I think of myself, sinned against God, but God showed love to me. How do I respond to someone like that? It's a powerful message of how we should step up and love and choose to see the good in others, even when they've done wrongs against us. I hope that uh, something from today's message has really touched you. And certainly go and look at it for yourself. There's lots more stuff that I could have gone on and spoken about this very short chapter, but has a very, very powerful message. I, I want to bless you and just pray that you receive an impartation from what Paul was trying to convey to Philemon in this chapter. Bless you, folks. Have a good day.